Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hello and welcome back to episode 56 of the Disney Podcast. As per, shout out to the people who listened to the previous week's episode. Episode 55 um, with Fred, we discussed the Windrush scandal. This is where people who came in from approximately 1948 up until um, the early 1970s from the Caribbean to help rebuild the British economy and institutions, and infrastructure shall I say, after two devastating world wars have who were promised that they will have uh, British citizenship and now their children are suffering at the hands of a lot of bureaucracy so please make sure you check that out if you haven't already um okay this week's episode is gonna be on tax it's gonna be broken up into four parts but I'll start off with a bit of a rant and I'll explain what my rant's gonna be about which is a bit off topic but in terms of tax this week, I'm going to discuss what taxes do we actually pay? So I'll discuss the most relevant ones to the majority of my listeners. Once we've paid these taxes, what does our government do with them? So where do these tax receipts go? What tax system do we actually have in terms of our income tax? And I'll explain what the other tax systems are. But in fact, before anything... I want to give a shout out to Studio Headphones. Um, they sent me these quite cool headphones. They're called the Regent Blacks. I went for black for more like, you know, discreet color. I'm kind of over white headphones. Um, they're very good for the gym. Like I really love them for the gym, they're wireless. So when I'm at the gym, I'm not choking myself on a bench with my flipping iPhone headphones. I can run, do whatever, and I don't have any wire slapping me in the face. So I really like them for the gym. And they're also good for the tube because sometimes my Headphones wires get tangled into people's handbags and, and briefcases and I get dragged with them, which is very annoying. So I really do love the wireless feel. The battery life is immense. I think they say it's 24 hours. I've only charged mine like twice and I only charge it because I just charge stuff. But once I've used them, I've never the battery's never come anywhere near close to dying, which is very, very helpful. It's a bit annoying. You charge a pair of headphones used for the day and then half through the day they're dead. So now you're at work with no headphones. You have to listen to your colleague speak, which is a bit dead. They're a bit of background about Studio. They're a Scandinavian company trying to combine tech and style. If you check their Instagram, you can see they're a very stylish, sleek company. And the technology is good. The sound quality is pretty decent. You get good value for money for it. And it's very, very affordable. Like, I'm sure you've gone into shops to get headphones. You've seen three, four bills. Like, I went to just like a couple months ago to get some um, wireless headphones and I was seeing prices for Balenciagas. I was like, no, 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 no. Not for headphones that I could break or lose. So Studio do come to come with a good value for money. And also, if you, once you've checked them out, which I'm sure you will because you're loyal or you're not pagans, if you do want to buy, which I would recommend, if you quote um, Dysonomics, you can chop a, a nice 15% off, which is very useful. So if you want to work out the price, so 
take a pair of headphones and divide that by 1.15, then you that's the price with the discount. So make sure you check them out. Okay, cool. My rant. Okay. For those that have social media or probably filtered through to you, even if you don't have social media from your friends, um, Kanye West went on a bit of a rant. He's got up, upcoming projects coming for him and his collective. I'm looking forward to Pusha T's personally and Kanye's to be fair. He's had trainers come out, the Yeezy Boosts. So he's on his rollout and obviously he's tweeting and he's tweeted <laughs> a lot of controversy. I haven't really gone through all the tweets, but I know the general gist of the things. Um, he was highlighting his support for, Tr- his support for Trump, a very polarizing figure, president of America. Um, he was rocking the Make America Great hats and all that type of stuff. And he was talking a bunch of stuff. And this got people riled up, as he usually does. Mainly um, people from the left side of the political spectrum, especially um, black and ethnic minorities. And it got people calling him all types of things and people who think like him, all types of things who are black. Daniel Caesar got a bit of heat. Um, Chance had was trying to like defend, like say he supports Kanye, then had to go write some four-page statement, which is ridiculous. So I wanted to talk about this ridiculous, ridiculous notion that black people can't be conservatives if they are, they are very offensive words, coons, sellouts, etc. etc. So what is a conservative? Essentially, a conservative is somebody whose political and social philosophy tends to be towards the right of the political spectrum. They kind of promote more traditional social institutions and values. So in terms of like, if we look at today and some of the key issues in life, they tend to be more free market rather than government controlled markets. So that means they like let business do their thing and they can regulate and businesses and consumers can dictate the market rather than a lot of government intervention. They're also more in favour of smaller government, so less spending on healthcare, um, less government input. Um, they're more stringent on immigration, like in the US, abortion and gay rights is quite a big thing. So those are kind of more policies and traits attributed to conservative. One of the prob- uh, examples of conservative type parties are the Conservatives here today, led by Theresa May, who's in power, previously David Cameron, and Republican Party, currently headed up by, of course, Donald Trump. One of the problems, I believe, is that the Conservative is almost synonymous with racist. And there's a lot of evidence and rhetoric, and I understand why people have that feeling, because we've seen many people from the Conservative um, side of um, politics take quite prejudice and racial stances. We've heard Donald Trump say a lot of mad stuff. Like, for example, um, Colin Kaepernick, for those who may not know, is a NFL player who, at the start of last season in preseason, decided to sit the national anthem in protest to how the police were killing unarmed black men and women and the general racial injustices faced to blacks and ethnic minorities. Obviously, in America, they're, they're patriotic to the nth degree. They are insane when it comes to that type of stuff, so they're all going crazy at him. It's stuff actually taking the issues of what man's saying. Like, he's not, do, he's not doing anything offensive, but to them, that's offensive. So he goes, do you know what? I'm on a compromise, yeah? I'm on a kneel instead. And obviously, some players start to follow suit. And then one time, Trump was like, he referred to the players doing that as SOB, son of bitches. And just telling the owners to basically just 
cut them, like get rid of these players. And that then called, um, forced more players to come and join the wave. And teams were doing some stuff like trying to compromise, trying to link arms together to show unity, all this diluted bollocks that, uh, don't even get me started on that. But that just shows the type of character that Trump has. Like he, and bear in mind, the NFL is like 85%, I can't remember the figures, but predominantly black African-American athletes. And he's referred to them as son of a bitches. So these are time of those type of things that lead people to have these type of feelings towards conservatives, which I understand. But what I don't understand is that people on the opposite end of the spectrum don't understand that those people still have the the ability to be also racist and also have the ability to kind of mask their racism to a certain degree. Like, let's not forget that Hillary Clinton, who's on the left, more the liberal side, which is kind of opposite of conservatives, while liberal... I can't remember to get into libertarian how the word has been changed, but yeah, for this instance, the liberal side, the flip side of conservatives, in 1994, she was referring to black young African-Americans as super predators. Her and Bill Clinton and that um, Democratic um, White House to show that they were tough on crime, they brought out the free strike rule, which was sending so many black African-Americans to jail. Even the way they diced up the drug laws is that the certain, I can't remember the, sorry, this was in my um, Trump versus Hillary podcast. So if you've listened to that, this is probably um, repetitive to you, but check that out because I forgot all the exact details. I'm very sorry. I probably should have prepared, but whatever. The drugs that tend to be sold by the black African-Americans were, became instant, I think federal felonies. So you'll get sent to jail instantly and with harsher sentences than the ones that the white drug dealers tend to sell. So these are just so they could, and they were in cahoots with the with the prison, the prison industry, like is, don't think that this person is some sort of savior of black people or these type of parties are saviors of black people, because they're not. They're not, if they were, in the times they've been elected, we'd have seen massive changes, which they haven't been. I think it's the great Thomas Sowell. He's more conservative, but I like it because of his theories. I'm not conservative. I'm not liberal. I think these labels are bollocks. As I said on many occasions, I'm fluid. Like, it depends on the issue and the information I have. That's why I decide what my beliefs are. I don't believe one belief system can incorporate everything and be correct on everything. To me, that's crazy. But Thomas Sowell always mentioned that how with the increase in the welfare state, it started to, it correlated with damaging the black community in terms of more children having children, more single parent homes. Due to incentive it provides, if you um, follow this pattern where if you have a child, then you can get like a house and you can get a certain amount of money. So don't always think that these policies are the best policies for black people. Don't buy that. Like, look at objectively. Don't worry, this number's got you. I'm going to look at every policy that these politicians put out from now on to try to give like an object, objective and unbiased point of view because I have no horse in this race. I don't care. Like, to me, both of these sides are full of crap. But yeah, back to the topic. Why can you not be black and conservative? It's, it's idiotic. It is idiotic beyond, compre- beyond my comprehension. We're talking about voting and why people vote, yeah? Just because you and maybe your friends, your family, base your vote on who you believe to be racist. Because a lot of you don't know that, for example, the Labour Party are very racist. 
don't ever get it twisted. I don't want to come and start bringing up what I've been told, but don't ever, ever get it twisted. Yeah? That's because you vote on what you per- perceive to be the party that's less racist doesn't mean that other people who happen to be black vote via the same methodology. There are different motivations for a person to vote. Yeah? You can vote based on community. So you want to do the best for your community, whether you're in the Asian community, LGBT community, um, or working class black community, whatever. You may take a voting stance that, okay, cool, whatever um, party or policies align best with my community, that's what I'm going to vote for. You could be somebody who's more like patriotic. So you go for the more patriotic type party. You could be somebody who's based on economics, which tends to be me to a certain degree, where the party of the best economic policies you're going to go for. You could be somebody who's on based on personal incentives and that's whatever party does the best thing for you and your family and loved ones or just you or mainly your family, you're going to go for them. Or it could be more ideologic, um, ideolog- ideologistic. So yeah, if they've got a conservative type theory, it might not do that. If they're more neoliberal, all that type of stuff. Yeah. There are 37 million African-Americans in the US. So for those who are onto people like... Um, I think Candice Owen is the latest person who's getting mad heat. Daniel Caesar caught heat because he liked her tweet or followed her. So I'm going to check her out to see some of the stuff she says. Um, Larry Elder's one. Um, what's his name? Of course, of course um, Thomas Sowell, the Legends one. There's different reasons and methods for voting. And in, and in the UK, where we are based, there's 1.8 million um, black people, according to the 2011 census. So... 1.8 million people, let's say the UK for example, 1.8 million people should vote the same. Do 1.8 million people all have the same experiences, the same background, the same personal opinions? I saw some year the other day say, politics is not personal opinion. What the, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course it's personal opinion. It is, you see politics based on your experiences, so whatever you experience and your moral compass and your ideology, that's what you base your it's your personal opinion. It's personal to you. We're not robots. We're not I find it I find it ridiculous that we it's like people can't think for themselves. A black person born and bred in Stratford, in a working class family, let's say a working class family, let's say a single mum or single dad with five kids, is not going to be the same as a another black person born and bred in uh, in Chelsea in a two-parent home with two kids who've d- had generational wealth. They have completely different experiences. They probably go to different schools, probably have, probably um, might get into different things, have different friendship circles. So why would you expect them to vote the same? It's fucking ridiculous. What, because they're black? And people do this thing where you, where you can strip people's blackness. It doesn't matter, what the hell is blackness? I've asked this question a dozen times on my social media. What is blackness? What does that mean? Nobody can answer the question because really what they want to say is basically American urban culture. That's, that's, that's what most people want to say from my experiences. Let me not say most people in the world, but most people have experiences. And that's bollocks. Tell me black people down in the world from you've got black people in North Africa, Southern Africa, Central Africa, Eastern, Western, South America, the West Indies, North America, in Europe, all different types with different experiences, and, and you think that we think homogeneously. It's absurd. Stop it. Do not 
demonize people for having different political views from you just because they're different. If it's like something like I can't stand if you demonize people say like yeah, I think rape should be legal. I understand that, but because they feel like oh I want to I want to vote for this party because they're good with money, that's their own personal prerogative. For me, I'll tell you my vote in history for because people every time I bring this argument, people just assume that I'm conservative because they don't have the brain to work out there's more than one outcome to every situation. And my last three elections, in 2010, I believe, I voted for Labour. In 2014 or 15, I voted for Labour again. And in the most recent election, I voted for Liberal Democrats. It's very, very unlikely I'll vote for Conservatives. I don't really like them as a party. I don't like their immigration policy. I don't like their um, healthcare policies. I just, and they obviously have that history of racism, which plays a part. But I see, when I challenge people on this, I see people say, oh, they're the less of two evils. I say, why? And they're like, oh, they're, they're not as racist. And I say, but you know, you know the other side of racist, right? They're like, oh, yeah, but what option do we have? Saying stuff like what option do you have is a flipping cop-out. It's a cop-out. For example, I believe it's 63% of the ethnic vote in the last election went to Labour Party. And it's always around that region, especially with the young people, with the young vote as well. That's why the Conservatives don't even bother catering to young people because they know they don't win their vote. What do I tell you guys every, every week on Dysonomics? The primary objective of a politician is to stay in power, to get re-elected, because that's their job, right? People, they buy votes because that's their bread and butter. That's how they put food on their family's table. Remember that. And if these liberal parties could always count on our black vote, why the hell are they going to ever change their policies and revolutionise and try to cater towards a black community as multi-diverse as it is. When they know, we have to say the same stuff, we're going to get the vote. So that's why we don't have an alternative because we don't even give, part of the reasons that we don't give an incentive. We don't show that we're ever going to deviate, so why is it ever going to change? It doesn't make sense. And yet, and also with the celebrity thing, yes, I've seen people like Lil like Weezy or Lil Wayne ASAP Rocky, Kanye have quite silly, sometimes plain absurd comments about racism. Like some of them say racism doesn't exist and all that, all lives matter nonsense. All lives matter is nonsense because black lives matter. The ideology, I don't give a shit about the organization because they're full of crap. That's not, that's not for another day. That the ideology behind black lives matter is to say that black lives are being, have been shown as less value to white lives our lives also matter equally. That's the ethos. Saying all lives matter is just stupid. Saying racism doesn't exist is stupid. And some of these conservatives who say stuff like institutional racism is is overstated, I disagree with them. But the problem for them is that not a lot of people on the other side deal in facts, so you can't come, they can't challenge these people. I can discuss why institutional racism exists with facts. I'll probably do that on another podcast. But differences of opinion shouldn't cause these toxic differences. That's why people don't learn. It's absurd. You can't be calling people coons because they want to vote conservative. That's that's ridiculous. Stop demonizing people for having different opinions of you. And it's so so funny that everybody's talking about we need um, um we need our um, artists to speak out. Artists and celebs and athletes should show their political side. Yeah, you don't want them to show their political side. You only want them to show it when it aligns with yourself. And also, my last point on this, if you're going to be pamming Kanye for side of Donald Trump, for who is a racist and a bigger and X, Y, and Z, 
You better Pam, Pusha T, who's one of my favourites, Ellen, Beyonce, Jay-Z, because they were out here twerking with flipping, um, what's her name, with Hillary Clinton. They also put in her campaign. A woman whose immediate family has decimated so many black, black men's lives, who referred to them as super predators. You want to be talking? No, 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 no. Keep the same energy. Before I move on, this rant has gone on way longer than I expected. It's also important to understand that you can still gain from somebody's converse, even if you don't agree with it. For example, what I've seen in a lot of these black conservatives is that they've tried to put the, I say the emphasis and the blame on revitalizing what's going on in the black community, especially in America, because this is where a lot of the conservative voices come from, on black people themselves. They're trying to preach self um, accountability and self-development and also stuff like stopping the things that are cultural that damage black communities, like um, children having children, all those type of things. Are you telling me there's not merit to that? Like, why are we behaving like there's nothing that black people can do? There is some things we could do, but also certain things that we need to enforce society to change against us. I think the mistake that um, black conservatives and conservatives, black conservatives make is that they don't, they underestimate the role society has, institutional racism has against black people in terms of prosperity and just having a decent standard and almost equal standard of living to other people in society. And on the flip side, the mistake that liberals have is they underestimate the impacts and the ability of black people themselves to revitalize their own communities. It's like one side thinks that we're not victims at all, another side thinks we're the biggest victims on the road. Well, really, a bit of, uh, there's a balance in the middle. But yeah, keep the same energy if you're going to be talking smack about Kanye and when Beyonce's out here and Jay-Z out here supporting Hillary Clinton and Pusha T, who's one of my favourite artists ever, and all these type of people. So no. Rant done. Let's move on. Okay, let's start the podcast. Tax. What taxes do we, the average people, actually pay? What taxes do we actually pay? One that's most relevant to most of us who've already started working or who have parents and loved ones who are working is income tax. Income tax is a tax on your income, pretty straightforward. There are various tax bans and it depends on how much you earn. First, you have a personal allowance. So this is the amount of money that the government allows us to earn without them taking any of it in terms of taxation. So if you earn £228 per week or £988 per, per month or no, £11,850 per year, up to that amount, you don't pay any tax on it. Anything above that, in between £11,851 up to £34.5 grand, you pay tax in a 20% tax threshold. So your first 11,800, you don't pay any tax. And from that 11,800 up to 34,000, 34,500, sorry, you pay 20% tax on that, in that region. And then if you're lucky enough to earn 34,000, 34,500 and one pound up to 150,000, you pay 40%. So the money you earn above 34,500 grand up unto 150 grand, you're paying 40% tax, which is quite a lot. And for those baller, baller, ballers earning above 150 grand, any, every single penny above 150 grand, 
they're paying 45% tax, which is mad. And also a quick shout out because one of my friends was complaining about her tax code before a holiday. Always check your tax code on your payslips, people. So if you see on your payslip a tax code of 1185LW1 or 1185LM1 or 1185LX, you're on emergency tax and you're being taxed more than you should. So you need to call them up and see if you get a rebate ASAP and get your tax code changed. Another tax that we pay is national insurance. This is a tax that the contributions to that enable us to qualify for certain benefits and pensions, such as the NHS. There's corporation tax. So this is for businesses. Corporation tax is a tax on profits from doing business. So if you make 500 grand worth of profits, you'll pay a percentage on that, which is 90% currently. So if you have a limited company or foreign company based here with a UK branch or office, you'll pay a 19% tax on profits. And it's quite interesting because America's um, corporation tax was a lot higher than ours. It was like, I think it was like in the 30%. And Trump had a massive reform. He wanted to get it down to 15%. He had to bargain. So I think it's around 21% in the USA. And finally, um, unfortunately, some of us will have to deal with this one day in our lives. Inheritance tax. This is a tax on an estate of somebody who died and they've left, and their estate counts as their property, their money, possessions. Up to £325,000, there's going to be no tax. But anything above that, you'll pay a tax on it. If the person, if the person um, that has been left the money is a child, stepchild, adopted child or grandchild, the tax allowance goes up to four hundred fifty grand. Also, one of the advantages of sending your life away and getting married or being in a civil partnership is if your state is less than a threshold, it can get added to your partners. So the money that you're leaving behind, is it less than a threshold? You can slap on top of your partners. So the max that you can leave behind without getting any tax is 850,000, which, which is pretty handy. So those are the four main taxes that most of us will deal with on a day-to-day basis. I mean, 150,000 if you're lucky enough, shout out you. You're paying a lot more than most people. So far, it's like, right, like, what are you not doing with my pee? Well, the government has started sending out um, tax statements showing us what we, for people who pay tax, showing us what our tax money has been spent on. So I had a look at it. Um, it's called the Public Expenditure Statistical Analysis, PESA, and it's based on the ONS statistics. You know I love a cheeky ONS. In terms of the public sector spend by the government from, I think it's this period of 2016-2017, it was £710.5 billion. So that's a lot of money. So I'm going to tell you what the main spend is on in order from largest to smallest and we'll just move on from there. So, welfare has the biggest share. Yeah? So we spend... No, the, the majority of the money collated by collated from our taxes the government spends on welfare they spend 173 billion pounds which is about 24% 24.3% of the our public sector spend and this excludes pensions because pensions really you can count in terms of welfare slash social security so if you include it out include pensions later the second largest was health so like NHS and stuff which was the second biggest, £144 billion, which accounts to 20.3%. So let's say one in 
one in five of our pounds sent in tax money gets spent on NHS. Pensions was the third biggest at 92 billion, which works out to 13%. So if you add pensions and welfare in terms of social security and welfare, really, we're spending 37% of our, t- well, the government is spending, shall I say, 37% of our tax money on pensions and welfare. Um, next on the list is education at 87 billion pounds, which works out to about 12%. And natural debt interests is the next one down, considerably lower, 39 billion at 5%. And then defense, 37 billion, 5%. And then transport, 30 billion, 4%. So this kind of shows the amount of money that we spend on our money. So now you know roughly where your money goes. And most of it is on welfare, healthcare, and education, which is pretty decent things to spend the money on. And also, one quick rant I have to have, like when the government were doing work, when Theresa May said, yo, we're going to get involved in these serious strikes, airstrikes, everybody's like, oh, the magic money tree. Yeah, sometimes I could see where, why people say that type of stuff, because like, right, where that money come from. But please understand that there are budgets for everything. There is a, sorry, £37 billion budget for defence. So don't act like we're just finessing this money out of some hidden place. No, they have a defence budget. Don't be silly. Anyway, so that's where our government spends our tax money, our tax pounds on. But what type of tax system do we have? Because I saw somebody ask me to explain um, what the alternative tax systems are. But firstly, I'll explain what we have. We have a progressive tax system a tax system that takes a larger proportion from higher income earners than it does from low income earners in an attempt to help income redistribute. So that's why we have salary bans. And obviously the more you earn, as I explained, you had that, you had the um, tax free allowance up to 11,800 11, roughly. Then you had from that figure to 34, you had a 20%. Then from 34 to 150, 40% banned and then from 150 upwards it's a 45% banned to kind of show you how um, progressive tax works in terms of the fact that they take a larger proportion from those who earn higher amounts um, I'm going to give you three figures £35,000 per year £100,000 per year and £200,000 per year and I'm going to tell you how much if you're on those salaries and you have a student loan how much you take home roughly and how much of a percentage of taxes taken out of your whole income. Okay, cool. So if you have a £35,000 a year job, you take home roughly £25,680.58. and pence. So you take home 73% of your gross salary. So you're paying re- basically 27% tax. Even on hundred grand a year, you take home £58,665.58. and pence. So you actually take home 59% of your gross salary. So if you're on 35K, you take home 73%. If you're on 100K, you take home 59%. So you're essentially getting taxed 41% on your salary. If you're lucky enough to earn 200K a year, you're taking home 100,425 pounds and 58 pence. You're paying 50% tax, so you're taking home half of your salary, which is ludicrous. Realistically, most people on these jobs are likely to have their contract like to set up in a manner where they don't get taxed that much so they might do stock options and bonuses and all type of stuff but that is quite quite insane so when you hear 
politicians and certain people on Twitter or in the media say they're not paying their fair share, do not buy that for a second. That's absurd. It's completely and utterly absurd. If you're in a 200k, you're paying half on tax. If that's not paying your fair share, then I don't know, then fair share doesn't exist. So, progressive tax system. Progressive tax systems, the ethos behind it is to reduce the burden on those who can least afford them. So if you have a progressive tax system, those of the least don't pay as much of their disposable income. So they'll have more disposable income to actually spend all their money in the economy and stimulate the economy. That is the theory behind it. The people with the greatest amount of resources to fund the large proportion of the services that we all rely on. Remember I said, 200 grand person, whoever it is, maybe one of you listening, hopefully in Jesus name, spending 50% of their salary on tax, yeah, to fund things like roads and so all that type of stuff, and streetlights and type of stuff like that. So again, don't buy the rhetoric that these people that pay their fair share, they do. They just have dough. Don't get twisted. Progressive systems have the ability to theoretically collect more tax. But however, this is where I bring in a bit of analysis. There's a thing called the Layfair curve. Yeah? The Layfair curve is like a it's just a simple curve that goes up and then down. It's it shows the relationship between tax rates, so the percentage of tax you're taking, and the money you receive from the tax. And the theory is that there's an optimal tax rate, that once you go past this rate, you're actually not going to collect as much money. And the more and more you go past this rate, the less and less tax you collect. And that makes perfect sense. So think about it. You collect a certain amount, okay, the government, with all these tax systems, they collected 700 billion pounds, yeah? Imagine the government said, okay, cool, scrap all these band, all these bands, we're going to have a flat tax rate, which I'll explain later, of 78%. So whatever your salary is, we're going to take 78% of it. Do you think they will collect 710 billion in total? Why no? Some, some of you might think, of course they'll collect more because the tax rate's gone up. No, because people won't work. Or people will change the job they do. Why are people going to continue to work to get 78% of their taxes, 78% of their income yet in tax? No chance, fam. Man, I'm like, nah, people will rather hit the trap <laughs> or start doing illegal stuff or getting cash in hand job. They will find ways to get around it. So you would collect. So you have to be very careful with what you do with taxation because sometimes tax, cut, tax cuts can lead to more increase. So it just depends on your economy and where your, your start point and what tax, um, what tax cut you're implementing. The bad thing about the progressive tax system, which is what we have now, it can be described as discriminatory to those who are wealthier or high income earners. And as I said, to people um, earning 200k a year, if they don't have any contracts that sort of kind of, you know, finesse the system, they're going to pay half their salary in tax. For example, looking at last year, the top 1%, yeah, we've heard the top 1%, these people, we need to get them, blah, 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 they're evil, they make too much money, all this type of stuff, even though... The same people don't stay in the top 1%. Some people stay in the top 1%. Some people come out. It's just a percentage. People's salaries and incomes change from year. Salaries fluid. You don't stay in the same salary for your whole working life from 16 to 65. But anyway, back to the point. Those in the top 1%, looking at... I was looking at this just before the election last year. Do you know that the top 1% paid the total money that the government took in from income tax, the top 1% contri- contributed to 27% of that. 
So 1% of the population are contributing to 20% of the total intake in income tax. And people want to say they don't pay their fair share. Don't be cheeky. If that's not discriminatory, I don't know what is. But that's a discussion for another day. Do you know what? I say that all the time. I need to actually have a podcast about all the discussion for another day. Anyway. So that is progressive tax. What are the alternatives? There's two main alternatives. There's a regressive tax rate and there's a flat tax rate. Regressive is does what it says on the tin, it's the opposite of progressive tax rate. It takes a larger proportion from those of low income. So for example, if you have a sales tax, it will take up more proportion of low income earners' money than it will high income earners' money. So say for example, it's a sales tax on a good and we both buy the same amount of goods. So me as a low income earner and you as a high income earner, we both buy the same amount of goods. It's gonna cost me more because I have less disposable income than you. which is a bit crazy as a tax rate. I don't believe in a regressive tax rate. Some people, even some of my, some of my friends, um, shout out Dr. Lee, very intelligent young man, um, they advocate for flat tax rate. So everybody pays the same tax. There's no ban ban things. Like we all pay the same tax equality, <laughs> all that type of stuff there. The idea behind a flat tax rate is to incentivize people to earn more. Like Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, there are some countries that have recently imposed this to try and boost their um, economy. I think Russia and Ukraine actually might have flat tax rates as well. These are like policies, as I said, to try and boost economic um, productivity, economic growth. My problem with the flat tax rate is that not everybody has the same level of productivity. But then again, it's kind of like goes back to your moral compass and your views on reality and life. Like, Life is survival of the fittest. Should everybody have the same life? I don't think so. Should everybody have the same opportunities? I do think so. So it's a quite a quite a tricky, like I'm kind of in between flat tax and progressive tax. So sometimes I thought, should there be no income tax? Like um, the state of um, Texas, like United Arab Emirates. But then again, United Arab Emirates, they just introduced the 5% VAT. So I'm kind of sway in between no tax, shout out boy, Mr. Meads, um, he advocates for no tax and progressive tax and flat tax. I'm not too sure, in my personal opinion on that, it's still developing. So yeah, that is this week's podcast in a nutshell. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, a shout out to Andre, who's helping me sort out the sound of my podcast. A lot of you have been telling me that you can't really hear it too tough. Please, I've been listening to you. I've been trying to work it out, but all this technology, I'm good with technology, but not with sound engineering. So shout out Andre, he's helped me sort out the sound. So hopefully you should be hearing it in higher clarity. So when you're going on the North Line or the Central Line via hell, aka bank, you can still hear the words of Dysonomics. Please follow me on Twitter. I'm at D1Tsunomics. I'm on Instagram, Dysonomics as well. Dysonomics.com. It's got a load of my old blogs and you can find my podcast there. I'm going to start writing again, like probably this week, inshallah. So make sure you check that out. If you want to hit me up, um, email hello at Dysonomics. I'm really bad with my emails, but this week I'm going to try and get on it. Like, my life is busy, I'm going to try and get some one, two bits of structure into it. Any topic suggestions, hit me up. If you want to come on my podcast, hit me up. you probably got to explain why though. Can't have no bumps on my podcast. Um, and yeah, that's it. Oh yeah. If you listen on SoundCloud, please follow and share the link. Show your friends, show your family, show people at work. If you listen on, on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe. Please give me a review. That'd be very nice. Preferably five stars like Birdman, but 
whatever you please. If you think it's trash, let me know so I can fix it. But I don't think it's trash. Don't be a pagan. Also remember Studio, if you're looking for quality but affordable headphones, wireless. They've also got like the kind of earpods type ones as well. Um, check them out. I'll, I'll put the link in my um, um, podcast description. And also remember Dysonomics, if you quote Dysonomics, you get 15% off. So everybody wins. We all eating. So yeah, thank you for listening to this podcast. And I'll be back next week. God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.